Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. Our Seattle Seahawks are 6-1 and one now with a win over the San Francisco 49ers, 37-27. It was just the second time this season that Seattle has won by a double-digit margin. Not what, only... What? They, they did it, John. <laughs> and John Fraley, my co-host for the show, joining in. John, not only did they win by 10, they were up by 23 points early in the fourth quarter. They did it without Jamal Adams, Shaquille Griffin... Ugo Amadi, Benson Mayoa, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, and Mike Upati all on the inactive list. Those are Seahawks players with actual names that I think everybody recognizes. <laughs> uh, down to the fourth string running back doing the job. Down to th- third and fourth string uh, defensive ends. And you know what? Pete Carroll says next man up. I think today you saw why he says that and why the players, despite how corny it is, why they buy in. We saw two players who came up off of the practice squad this week who had impactful plays within the first quarter of the game. You had DJ Reed. DJ Reed. Reed. <laughs> DJ yes. Reed. What From a the great 49ers. I didn't even know who it was. I had to look up his number after the interception. 29? Who is 29 on the, right. on the defense? What is this? <laughs> I know. Uh, 29. Oh, I know. They let him wear, they let him wear 29, huh? Oh. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that anymore. I didn't even think about that in the moment. I'm sorry, sorry too, to make you think about that live on the show. I, there I was figured too much to most people about. had that reaction when they saw 29 on the field. Oof. Oh, man. But DJ Reed making an impact uh, with the interception. And then Stefan Sullivan with uh, sharing a tackle on the first, uh, the, the first third down stop by the Seahawks. Converting from wide receiver, where the position he was drafted at playing tight end on the practice squad. And then about three weeks ago, he started playing both on the scout team defensive line at defensive end and playing tight end on the scout team. And he he said that he hasn't played that position since he was in high school. Well, he'll be long snapping next week. And I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised to see him uh, maybe just spell Russ for a while at quarterback uh, in week eight, in week nine. Hey, you know, it's funny because I, I know we're spending a lot of time on Stefan Sullivan to start we the show, should. but we should. But he also, I, look, if you haven't listened to his post-game press conference, I haven't. After you're done here, go yes, listen yes. to that. Okay, okay, okay. And then um, because just the attitude of Stefan Sullivan, you can't help but root for the guy. He had the best draft call out of all the draft picks. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the press conference. You know, they're they're asking him about, you know, these questions about changing positions and whatnot. And he says, hey, if Pete Carroll asked me to go out there and kick the football, I'm going to go out and kick the football next week. So, see, you're yeah. not far off with the, you know, with the long snapping and quarterbacking. Uh, Pete and I, you know, we kind of share a mind sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. He, he asks me when he asks me when to go for it. That's really that's really what we're talking about here. Oh man, and DJ Dallas. Who do we want to talk about, dude? There's so many stories. There's story so lines. many people to talk about. And I mean, we could start off with DK Metcalf. He had a huge day. We probably need to get to Nick Ballor's big day at some point. But let's yes. start off. Let's start off with DK Metcalf because 12 catches, 161 yards, two touchdowns, and he was catching the ball. And sometimes even when he wasn't catching the ball, defenders were just bouncing off of him and onto the ground. Oh, it's just me yawning over here. That's just another <laughs> Sunday for DK. Tell me, tell me something I don't know already. He made the defenders look like they weren't even there on the score. I'm like, oh, that's a nice little crossing pattern. Then I'll get 15 yards. Yeah. And then he just and, speeds around the edge. I think was it Hollister with the block on the edge. Yeah, Hollister, huge block by Hollister. I mean, maybe DK trucks that guy anyway. Maybe. But 
but huge block by Hollister who actually held on for a second and then let go at exactly the right time. I hope David Moore was watching. <laughs> you're, uh, you're still stuck on that, huh? Uh, okay, so like this is a huge win, uh, and I think I'll be over the Cardinals' loss sometime Thanksgiving weekend. Uh-huh. I think I might. I think I might get over it then. This was a huge win. I did not go into this game very optimistic. How about you didn't you, even want to do the show with me when I asked you <laughs> on Saturday. I was like, "Hey, John, do you want to you want to do a post game show?" And you're like, "Ah, do I have to? I kind of don't want to, but okay." I think that's almost word for word. Thanks, said, Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think is what I said in the uh, in the first response. I I was not feeling good about this game. First of all, Ken Norton has not has been in I think everybody's doghouse, but he was good today. He maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is bad, but they Ken Norton had a plan for the first three quarters. And you know what he did that most impressed me of anything else is he took George Kittle out of the game. Yeah. We didn't hear him. Kittle's only play was the one he got hurt on. And this is too bad because the Niners. Now, did he get hurt on the actual catch or was it on the celebration? Because he got up and he was feeling fine enough to celebrate that catch. And then it was after that that he hobbled off the field. So I was I was very confused on, on the point that he got hurt on that. Well, I mean, he took two hits. It's probably he just was had adrenaline and then realized, oh, Crap. That could be. I have, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I was certain that he was just going to eat up the defense, especially with all the guys out. Let's talk about all the guys. Let's talk about the Seahawks who were, uh, who stepped up to the plate, not just Reed, but Trey Flowers, too, who may have, I don't know how good of a fourth quarter or, or how bad of a fourth quarter he had, but he was on point for the first three. Yes. He had a couple tackles where I, they were playing, you know, they switched more to, uh, that soft uh, zone coverage that they had been playing for uh, you know much of the season already that frustrates people, but they were up by 23 points. So you know yeah. the fact that they were able to move down the field quickly at that point that that was not bothersome to me. But he did have a big tackle right near the goal line in the fourth quarter too. That it, oh, it ran some more time off the clock, and it was it was a big time tackle. Hugely helpful. I mean, Trey Flowers is a backup uh, cornerback. I don't think he's ever really going to be much more than that. But today he played like a starter. And that's really all that the Seahawks needed. And especially, um, I mean, once the once the Niners starting quarterback got into the game, I mean, things got worse for the Seattle defense. <laughs> but <laughs> QB one, baby. Yeah. Nick Mullins, 18 for 25 for 238 yards and two touchdowns. And that was just in the fourth quarter because you talk about this. <laughs> that's one quarter isn't of that, the work. <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's because ridiculous. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers for the first three quarters. Yeah. Garoppolo was 11 of 16, 84 oh. yards, an interception, and they held him to 51 yards rushing. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, Ken Norton had a game. He really did. I, I was just really impressed with him. I'm not sure how long, how much longer he will be the Seattle DC. I'm not sure he'll be the DC next year, but they needed him to have a game and he had a game. And going into the game against the 49ers, I think what concerned most of us was would the Seahawks be able to handle those runs to the edges you know the the 49ers love to get outside and they they were able to contain everything in the inside for the most part they did and i really didn't see this game being 30 to 7 starting the fourth quarter i don't think anybody saw that no and that's uh that was a beautiful beautiful thing Uh, who else had you want to talk about bobby wagner had a huge day while we're talking defense how about bobby wagner's day two sacks had some big stops it was all over the quarterback all day you know, putting big hits out on on defense. This was Bobby's best game of the year, I think. The rumors of Bobby Wagner's demise are greatly exaggerated. 
Yeah, well, all the rumors from 49ers fans talking about, oh, uh, you know, Fred Warner is the all, the new all-pro linebacker and going into this game. And yeah, another guy who got injured during this game. But even up until the injury, uh, Bobby Wagner was outplaying Fred Warner in this game. More like Fred Warmer, because Bobby ha- Bobby Wagner was on fire. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, I, got, I don't know if that uh, worked, but uh, it was. It I don't was, care if it works. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? You can't uh, Bobby hit Wagner if you had, don't swing. <laughs> you, you miss all the pitches you don't take. That's so right. Yeah, uh, let's see. Who else? Who else had a great game? Uh, da- very quietly important game for uh, David Moore, who had a big punt return. Mm-hmm. That really helped uh, lead to another touchdown. Who had a uh, uh, really nice first round, uh, first first down jet sweep. Yep. Uh, those little things. He just Two does carries, a lot. Twenty eight yards. Uh, he for, does a lot of more. little things. Yep. And those are. I mean, when you're trying to kill clock, or you're trying to you know keep San Francisco from mounting that inevitable huge comeback that you know will happen once they get Mullins in there. It was those were big plays at big times, and they weren't like DJ Dallas's touchdown, or they weren't you know DK Metcalf like. The Kalen like, right. but they were, but they were the right play at the right time. And you got to have those guys on your team. Three catches, 18 yards on the day, one touchdown. I want to get to that touchdown, but I, I want to oh, hold off on that yes. because that, that was a big play. I want to go through the entire third quarter, but I'm ready Do it. Okay. Let's do that. Let's come back and we will talk about the third quarter because everything, the, the entire game turned with everything that happened in the third quarter. So let's get to that coming up next. Talking to John Fraley, contributor to Field Goals, co-host of the Tasteful Profanity podcast. And we're talking about the Seahawks 37-27 win over the San Francisco 49ers. Looking at the third quarter in this game, the 49ers, they had six offensive plays. And so huh. before we huh. get to the, the offense, let's just a shout out to the defense. Two, three yeah. and outs for the Seahawks. And yes, only six offensive plays for the 49ers. Cody Barton forcing the fumble on the yes, kickoff. That was a huge play. Underrated play. People have forgotten about that play already. Do not forget about that play. It was a huge play back before that, uh, before the Seahawks kicked off and, and got the turnover there. It was a 63-yard touchdown drive. DJ Dallas got his first NFL touchdown, a, a catch for a touchdown after he was denied his rushing uh-huh. touchdown because he stepped uh-huh. out of bounds. But he was able to get his, his first touchdown not a whole lot later. And uh, and gets in with the the two yard catch. Oh man, uh, I was watching the game with my 15 year old, and he was so excited for DJ Dallas. I don't know why, but just because you know people like the story of the fourth string guy who has to come up and produce in a big moment, and and who does. I and- think he's one of those guys who it's you know he reminds me of Thomas Rawls because Ooh. after every carry he's kind of bouncing around, and you just you get that the sense smile too. from him the, the smile. smile. And you you can tell watching watching him play that he loves playing football. And why wouldn't you smell two touchdowns in your debut? Heck of a debut for him. Uh, not not in terms of he wasn't picking up big yardage. And I, no, I did hear he some wasn't. some criticism on Dallas overall for the day because yeah, yeah eighteen carries, forty one yards, just a two point three yard average. His early down runs were no good, right? But he was a he was important in the passing game. Yes, just like Carson. Five catches, 17 yards for Dallas on the day. He gets the touchdown and yeah, ends up getting a rushing touchdown later. But the other uh, the other big drive in the third quarter was after the Cody Barton forced fumble on the kickoff return. They get the 21-yard touchdown drive, and it's capped off by Russell Wilson's six-yard pass to David Moore. And that was some Russell Wilson 
magic on that play. Damian Lewis gets beat. And uh-huh. at that point, I mean, Russ looks like he's toast and nobody's open. Uh, Russ is able just to sidestep Armstead, I think it was, and yeah. step up in the pocket and, and just drive it right to David Moore, who had 349ers all around him. Yeah, he just did a little uh, boxing uh, bob and weave right there with Armstead. And he just gets I, next to him or under him. Like Armstead just goes for air. It was. I think Armstead are- actually went through Russell because I, I I don't know how he was able to to escape that. Russell just, uh, you know, he has some magic about him. He ghosted him. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. No, I can go for that. That was a spooky. Uh, we're still in spooky season. Yeah, it's the day after Halloween. I got this. Uh, Russellween. Yeah, for sure. The uh, the play, that was really it was a third down, wasn't it? It was. Am it was I, third and am six. I crazy? Yep. That's probably the play of the game. I mean, I know the DK score. I know the Barton fumble. Yeah. But I that's what, that, I, after the Barton fumble, that's what put them up yeah. 27 to 7. So up 20 points. I mean, at that point, when it's getting toward the tail end of the third quarter, you're going, okay, the way things are going, I think the best thing that could have happened for the 49ers was Garoppolo getting hurt and Mullins coming in and, and going to town. Now, again, it was, I think the defense had something to do with that, but uh, I got the sense at that point that the way things that had been going for the 49ers, the, the Seahawks defense was not going to be able to screw it up. No, if the Seahawks, man, if the 49ers are out Garoppolo and Kittle, Ooh. For, you know, a couple more weeks then I mean, their season's done at that point, right? You know, it's weird because I thought Mullins had the capability of of being pretty good. But when we saw him come so in bad. earlier, he was he was so bad. And then he was in so this game, bad early in the season. I, I wonder if it's faked out the 49ers enough to think that maybe they're OK with Mullins coming in now. They might just give Jimmy G another day off, right? I mean, he's limping. He did not look like he got hit a lot. Can we talk about the pass rush for a second? There was an actual pass rush. There was pass rush. And it was. A, I'm thinking that that was going to be the biggest, well, besides the cornerback situation, that we were probably looking at uh, pass rush being um, a big, the biggest problem for the Seahawks on the day. Yeah. It was a positive. There was in the second and third quarter, they were relentless. They were not that great in the first, and they disappeared in the fourth. But when the game was being decided in the second and third quarter, it was in part by them and in the positive way, not in the negative way. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a great pass rush, but it existed, which is something that's all that that's we have seen needed. in games. Well, this is the Cardinals game. I mean, they didn't pressure. They didn't. Hit. Well, they didn't even try to do it in the Cardinals game. What? I don't understand how bad they were in the Cardinals game. I, I they was, just they were only rushing three the entire game. They had the idea that they were going they were going to make sure that they weren't going to get beat on the ground by they can beat you through the air. Right, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, make, and he did make the quarterback beat you through the air. And yeah, and well, and and that's what we saw in this game, too. I mean, essentially, OK, so whenever you don't put pressure on a quarterback, they can be good like Nick Mullins or like Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, so there's Tyler Lockett with four. I'm looking at the stat sheet. Also, you inspired me to pull it up. Thank you, Brendan. <laughs> four receptions, 33 yards. Basically, after his huge 200 yard game, he's back down to like second option on the offense but here's the thing maybe next week he's back to 10 receptions and 150 yards again this is these the metcalf locket pair is going to really pose a lot of problems for nfl defenses i don't know that the announcer said pick your poison yeah i guess i mean that's the cliche but it really does feel like they have to pick who they're going to get beat by and who they're not going to get beat by (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, it's almost like DK and Tyler now have this competition going because now that Tyler surpassed them in terms of yards and touchdowns, now uh-huh. DK is tied with them for seven touchdowns each. 
Yeah, they, they, well, they have to spread it around. We we haven't had two one thousand yard receivers, you know, since back in the uh, late nineties, uh, the John Freeze days. Oh, I was going to say like Kidna with maybe Galloway and uh, someone like yeah. Don't even ask me beyond that. It was Galloway <laughs> and Blades, and Galloway it was, and Blades. Yeah, oh, very good. Yeah, and it was. I don't think Kitna had arrived yet. It was John Freeze, yeah, Freeze. Okay. and also uh, Rick Meyer, who they they both split a little who bit know? of time that season. I don't I don't recall anybody by that name no. ever being a Seahawks quarterback. <laughs> you only remember him as Bears legend Rick Meyer. That's right. I remember him as flipped him for a first round pick, Rick Meyer. Another thing I wanted to talk about with this game, John, third down efficiency. Notably, I think Mookie even posted an article about it on field goals there this last week, how terrible they were. Oh, you mean like last week? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, they were terrible and they did not start out so good. They looked so bad in that first quarter on third down. But they finished nine of 15, so 60%, which beat their best, which was against the Miami Dolphins. They didn't go for any fourth downs, so it's null and void. Sorry. No, I don't even listen to third downs anymore. Nine of 15 is great. What a great job. So nine of their last 13, probably. Because the first... They struggled right out of the gates, right? Oh, oh man, it looked like <laughs> I was prepared for the worst after that first drive. It's funny. The Seahawks are so weird. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying anything new right here. We've known this for uh, many weeks. I got the sense that through the first couple drives that we were looking at, was it last year or the year before where it felt like the Seahawks just needed the other team to score first before they decided they were going to start playing? <laughs> and I thought that's what was going to happen here. Fortunately, they were able to get going after the DJ Reed interception. That's right. And Which then, took points off the board. They were like at the 20 or something. They were. Yeah, they were. Uh, You're going to look it up, aren't you? There you go. Yeah. Go for the, it. You know it. what? You nailed it. They were right at the 20. Yes. All right. <laughs> See, I watched. I actually watched the game. You if anybody's wondering. the game. Yeah. If anyone's wondering that we're frauds, we're not really frauds on the show. We're actually Seahawks fans. Go Hawks. <laughs> and then it was an 86-yard <laughs> drive. Capped off by that 46-yard oh, touchdown by DK Metcalf. Oh, man. Do you yeah, want to talk then, about that uh, again? Because that was, I, I think we're going to probably oh. see that play the, all week because the national media loves showing DK Metcalf highlights. We're going to see that play again. And he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be like the hottest topic around playoff time. People are going to be like, how are you going to stop Russell Wilson? <laughs> how are you going to stop DK Metcalf? I think he's capturing the imagination, too. It doesn't hurt. I mean, he's got this great image right now where he's just super tough and he feels like he's above. It looks like he's above it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't back down, but he's not nasty. And he just he looks like a man out there among boys. Again, another cliche, but it's so true. He looks like he's playing on a different level, like he's a different different side. Here's what it looks like. I figured it out. He looks like that guy in college who, you know, is going to be the NFL star, but he's playing against guys who aren't going to be in the NFL. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Like like that dominant receiver that nobody has the corners for. Yeah, there was one play where it wasn't a completed pass, but it was a, a dump off over the middle. And the the defender hit DK right in the midsection, right where the ball was. The ball popped out. It was an mm-hmm. incomplete pass. Mm-hmm. But DK just stood there and the dude was on the ground and it looked like he was hurt. I'm telling you, he's so tough. He The quarterbacks, for my money, by the way, if we're going to go on this, is or some of the toughest guys on the team because they take some of the most, some of the biggest amount of abuse. Mm-hmm. But I don't see DK took a couple real shots in this game and he may have some good bruises and he may, <laughs> he may land on the injury report with whatever to his ribs or something like that. I mean, we all know how tough Russell Wilson is and how close DK and Russell are. I think 
they may just feed off of each other, like much like Lockett and Metcalf might one up each other for stats and touchdown catches. DK and Russ might try to be one up each other for whoever's the toughest mm. on the field. <laughs> it could be, man. Russ took a shot in this game, too. And yep. why does the broadcast team and some analysts think that it's OK for defenders to hit Russell Wilson with the crown of their helmet? Like they were defending Russell. OK, it was a funky slide and Russell was Wilson weird. was yeah. going down. And yes, it's OK to tackle Russ in that situation. I would have been OK with a tackle. But dude mm-hmm. came in with the crown of his helmet right into Russ's helmet. That's right. It was the right call. It was borderline because of the weird slide. I, but they were trying to defend it as if the, yeah, the helmet yeah, to yeah. helmet. And and they went to the, the rules analyst and he's like, well, I don't know. It was helmet to helmet. So, yeah, there should be a flag there. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a badly refereed game either. The uh, two point is I was glad the two pointer came off the board. Right. Yeah. They made a couple weird calls that the, got uh, fixed. Yeah. I like them calling things that are scores. I like them calling something that they think might be a score a score. Right. Like when the Dallas touchdown, they called the Dallas touchdown a touchdown. I like it when they do that. I just really, really like it. Yeah. They I mean, called, I like defense, but this is the best way to do it to automatically uh, set up the review process. Right. There was another. Oh, it was the the fumble recovery by the Seahawks that they called uh, that was on the sideline. It was the right call because. Neil had mm-hmm. uh, had touched it when he was out of bounds. You know, if he touches it the first time and then doesn't do the little the second push as he's they out of bounds, I think they might actually have gotten that fumble recovery. But because he, yep. he did that second push uh, to get the ball uh, to keep it from going out of bounds, that uh, that definitely made that the right call by the officials when they reviewed it. He'll learn too. so many young players making such big plays today. That's the other thing that's really cool is you got some guys like DJ Dallas and Ryan Neal and DJ Reed who haven't made those kinds of plays before, and then they do. And what does that do? That just makes them feel like they belong. It gives them a new hunger, uh, new confidence. I just think that's a big moment in a season because you're going to have to rely on one of those guys again at some point. And we got to see veteran Nick Ballore touch the football. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not something our Good. fullback does. Twice? Twice. He had, he had one run for five yards. And I think that was one on one of their third down give up plays uh, after Russ got sacked on on second down, and then he had to catch for nine yards. Okay, well there we go. That's a, that's a whole season's worth of stats for him. Yeah, he can be done now. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I really want Chris Carson back, but because he does make a difference, I think uh, the couple of the Dallas runs that were kind of uh, meh. Yeah. Carson would probably convert, but it's hard to be upset with anything on the team today. I don't even care about the three late touchdowns. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, same old Seahawks. Who cares? You got the win, and these wins are precious. Yeah, 20 points in the fourth quarter. It, it's tough to be too upset about that when you had 37 and when you were up yeah. by 23 just a quarter before. So uh, yeah. they were just it was all about allowing time to run off the clock and yeah, they were they were fortunate to to keep them off the board with that two point conversion because that would have gotten it extremely close. But then able to respond with a touchdown, and uh, and that was big. Wagner's stats on the night: Bobby, eleven tackles, which six of them were solo, mm-hmm. two sacks, and three more tackles for loss. Right, uh, that's a big boy game right there. Great job, Seahawks, man! Great job, Seahawks, and, oh, and great job and. 
and and dolphins. Dolphins yeah, took care of their You know what? I was just going to say yes! dolphins, and I thought there you were we going to go. stay on the Seahawks. I didn't want to jump ahead. Uh, good jump. <laughs> and then I heard it, and then when you had to say it, I thought, oh, I'm just going to take it because he's going he's about to say it. I know he's about to say it. And dolphins took care of And then um, Packers lost, so thank you, Vikings. Packers lost. Arizona did not win because they're on a bye. <laughs> so that's positive. I'm not, I am not excited to see Arizona again. No, but you know what? But they we have can the bask- Dolphins next week now. So, oh, the Dolphins, the Slayers of the NFC West. <laughs> they could go for the trifecta, <laughs> the non Seahawks trifecta in the <laughs> NFC West. Oh, man, that's great stuff. <laughs> it's just a really encouraging win. I just felt like this, this, a loss here really could have put the Seahawks in a bad position. Oh, and two in the division. It would have. And I thought that the 49ers going into this game, I thought they needed it more because. They're going into a really tough stretch of games. They are. They have the Green Bay Packers next week, and now the Packers are coming off a loss to the Vikings. And so they're going to be motivated. That's a Thursday night game. So not only that, now this is going to be on a short week for the 49ers. Oh, that's and with a shame. Garoppolo and Kittle. <laughs> I mean, all their that's injury issues, and now they get the Packers on a short week. Actually, I feel bad for their injury issues. You hate to see that. But, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't feel bad for the short week. But would you want the 49ers now that they've lost and they're having their issues? Would you would you actually want them to beat the Packers? Oof. No, the answer is no. You'd never want uh, the 49ers to win. Well, uh, no, just a tie is really the only thing that the only acceptable result in this case. So then after their uh, then they get the the mini buy with the Thursday and then they mm-hmm. take on the Saints and then they get their actual bye week before taking on the Rams. Oh, man, 49ers. They really kind of needed to win this thing. They did. Now they're four and four, going to be at the bottom of the NFC West. Yeah. While we're at the top, where they, where they belong. Let's uh, yeah. just be. Let's just be. Let's just be honest about this. That's that's where they belong. Yeah, they need to suffer their Super Bowl slump, and uh, and just that's be right. at the cellar for the rest of the season. That's right. And then they can they can bounce back next week to be next next year and go. You know, ten and six. They might be a wild card team. That'd be great. Yeah, Good for them. And we can beat them in the playoffs. <laughs> and yeah, sure. Well, we should talk a little more Russell Wilson because DK Metcalf reminding yeah. us that, you know, Russell Wilson on this MVP tear, he said, you know, Russell Wilson's back on the tracks for the MVP race. It's hard to argue that anybody else is really competing in the same conversation. The fact that he threw for four more touchdowns in this game, he continues to be on pace with the Peyton Manning record back in 2013. Okay, yep. he only had 261 yards, but... I mean, he also had a big 21-yard rush in this game, too. Mm-hmm. Four touchdowns in any game for a quarterback. I mean, Russell Wilson, another legit game from him. He looked, uh, he he just did not look good in the fourth quarter in overtime last week. And I was uh, I was concerned. He was a little off. I didn't know. He threw three picks. It was a weird game. What's going to happen next? Uh, well, what happened next is he went back to Russell Wilson of weeks one through five. Zero picks, four touchdowns. Yeah. Look out, league! If he's going to play, if he's going to play that well, I mean, they're going to be in every game and a chance, a real chance to win the division, and a real chance to have the uh, the bye. If he's if he's going to play like that, I was a little bit disappointed. They decided to run it in on that last touchdown. You know, he could have th- <laughs> he could have thrown a third touchdown to DK Metcalf. I think that counts as a DKO in the official scorecard. And then it would have put him at five touchdowns and he would have taken the he would have been over the pace of Peyton Manning's 2013 season. That's on Tyler Lockett. I mean, you got to blame the right person in this case. That's on Tyler Lockett for not Lockett for not getting to the pylon. Oh, that's right. He got the first down, but then 
he was short of the of the end yep. zone. So yeah, really he needed to rushing. turn that upfield and fight through it and get that touchdown. Yeah, he needs to watch some DK Metcalf film. <laughs> I, I hear they do that almost Tyler. every week there too. So <laughs> you shouldn't be missing that. Oh man. What a big win, man. A big win. The Seahawks are six and one. And next week they're going on the road against the Buffalo bills. First place Seahawks. Any predictions now as, as we go <laughs> into this week about what, what's going to happen with the Seahawks and bills coming up? Uh, you know, uh, this season is impossible for predictions i'd figure i figured they'd be something like five five and two or four and three at this point yeah and here they are at six and one i really really thought they were gonna lose this game i really really thought we were gonna see a debut of snacks harrison in this game oh man we still got snacks and jamal adams coming back you know what i like our chances against the bills i think i think jamal adams knows josh allen a little Mm -hmm. and i think we'll have him back by then i mean he was close this week Pete's saying after the game that if not for his illness, he probably makes it back in time for the 49ers game. His mysterious illness. <laughs> he said it might be the flu. I don't know. He's probably hesitant to even say that with all right. the other illnesses that one could have. Right. You don't want like the league sniffing around that or you don't want him. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to be concealing that either. No. And I, uh, I don't I think, think I, I don't even think that's no, possible. They, they weren't anyway. Uh I can't wait for that game now. That seems like a because that's kind of a that's kind of a no uh, that's kind of a no lose situation. I mean, yes, you can lose the game and it's bad for trying to get the number one seed and it's bad for trying to win the division. But man, it's a non conference game and it's a ten a.m. start, which the ten Seahawks, and the, the Seahawks do pretty well. Ten and zero in the last 10, 10 a.m. games, ten wins. I think it was it's it's been over four years now since no they lost in New Orleans. At a 10 a.m. start time. Well, good job jinxing it. <laughs> <laughs> Jinxes are not real. Everybody listening, yeah. I jinx the Seahawks every day. Every day. I know. I and do it too. Almost I, never works. John, I have I've been podcasting about the Seahawks now for you know this is like the eighth season, and I have jinxed <laughs> them so many times. I'm I'm numb yep. to it now. Yep, they're so. numb to it. They've basically figured out we don't need to listen to Brandon. <laughs> they, they have. That's fine. <laughs> He's John Fraley of Field Goals. Follow him. Where, where do people follow you on Twitter, John? My handle is John David Fraley. It's all one word. All the things are spelled as they should be. F-R-A-L-E-Y. Can find, I write at Beast Pode in addition yes. to Field Goals. So you can uh, follow Beast Pode on Twitter and I'll post some of my stuff there. Yeah. But are I you guys actually going to do a podcast here finally now that October is over? I know I know you took October off, but uh, we we did. We've been uh, we've been actually writing a little bit more and doing side projects. And, uh, you know, I don't even know if things. we got a storm celebration podcast out of you. Oh, I know. After the title. Yeah, I know. We're so bad. And congratulations to uh, Megan Rapino and uh, Sue Bird on their engagement. Oh. I know that's slightly off topic, but I didn't know. Ah, see. Look, I've broken I've broken news for Brent on the podcast. You've broken news to me. Yeah, beastpo.com and also uh read all my stuff on fieldgoals.com. Like half the time it's really good and the other time half the time it's just okay. 50-50 shot. You you, yep. you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> got to keep him on your toes. Got to keep got to keep Mookie on his toes too, so. That's correct, so Mookie. Thanks for joining me. A big win by the Seahawks and we will have more up at fieldgoals.com throughout the week. We'll have more here on the show. Be sure and send your ins and outs to at Clinton Bond on Twitter because three in, three out will be coming out on Tuesday with him. Stay tuned for that. SBNation.com slash NFL podcasts to make sure you're subscribed. 
And with that, we'll get on out of here. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.